With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Possibly bleak as this. Drag Never ended up in McDonald's. And I have had a trophy in one time. Not a thought that I played for the Dunners. He done it! Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Touchline Fracker, Chessy Hour. I'm joined by two fine gentlemen, Timpson and Jerry. How are we doing, fellas? Good, good. Pleasure to be on. Yeah. Pleasure to be with you, bro. Jerry, how are you doing? Yeah, man, I'm I'm good. Um, Dan Dan told me I'm too negative, so uh, you got positive Jerry with you today. <laughs> really? Yeah. Too negative. I might need to listen back to the the previous podcast <laughs> and, and and analyze that for myself. Um, anyway, before we get going, quick housekeeping. Uh, make sure you follow um, Chessy Hour on Twitter if you if you're not following. Um, follow Touchline Fracker on Twitter as well if you're not following. You should be followed by now, really, and truthfully um and engage with the, with the podcast um you give us feel free to at us um at jesse hour um or use the hashtag touchline fracker or at touchline fracker whichever one you please um there's also a discord community of um touchline fracker um, and a specific chessy discord community feel free to get involved in that and just share whatever you feel um about the podcast and um, whether you disagree agree whatever tickles your fancy but yeah let's get let's get the ball rolling um by 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 popular demand um let's 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 quickly have a word on um our ex Chelsea player Kurt Zuma. So fellas, um obviously it's come out that um Kurt Zuma's lost his he's lost his sponsorship, he's added a sponsorship. Um there's there's mass pressure right now from the outside world for um West Ham to be, uh, basically sack Kurt Zuma for what he's done. Um obviously Zuma being an ex-Chelsea player served the club well for about four or five years, if my maths is correct. Um, yeah, how, how do you feel about the situation? Um, Timson, g- give me your thoughts. How, how, how do you feel? Yeah, honestly, I don't think there's a person in the world defending Kurt Zuma's actions. It's more so the outrage in comparison to um, the outrage and the, the shouts for him to lose his livelihood in addition to the biggest fine in the club's history, the 250K, the Adidas endorsements, which most likely means probably for the majority of his professional career till the end, he'll probably never get a boot deal with anyone. And then Didier Deschamps basically tore him a new one as well. So in an already competitive France squad, he's we, we probably won't be seeing him for a while. So whilst I think that um, obviously punish him, do what they need to do. He's already lost his cat. He's already lost everything that I just touched on. Um, it's very harsh. Uh, one person in particular was Chris Kirtland, who went on BBC and um, said, basically, he did say it was worse than racism in that instance, because um, 
and he doubled down and kind of said, um, oh, it's because he's uh, cats defenseless. I don't know how you can defend yourself from racism anyway. Um, so you're defenseless to racist attacks anyway. But with that, I just feel like the outrage um, I'm seeing is very, very scary because it's inadvertently or maybe even it is deliberately uh, perpetuating a historic mindset, not even like a supposed mindset, a historic mindset that um, black lives are worth less than livestock. And historically they have been. Sorry, mm. that's a bit of a tangent. Mm. Mm. No, no worries, brother. You're a wise man with some wise words and I couldn't agree more with what you said. Um, yeah, look, listen, pick up Mikhail Antonio for saying what he said, because, um, yeah, in this in this day and age, you've got a lot of um, black people and black figures, uh, whether it be in politics or whether it be in football, who don't always necessarily defend us um, and tend to kind of take the other side. Um, but Mikhail Antonio really came out today and and said what needed to be said in in a very short and sweet way. Um, so yeah. big up him. Um, and like you said, it's 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 literally the outrage that is um you know it's the outrage. And the lack of consistency in the punishment, which is what um, is is really driving um, some of the some of the, the emotions felt by by us um, and you know basically the black community. Um, Jerry, is there anything you want to add to that? So, Jerry, just before you jump in, I just want to also say, from like an, uh, a club that's obviously also a business, um, if they were to release him, um, I feel like they would just be if they were to release Kurt Zuma from his contract a 30 million pound asset they're now 30 million in the hole because they've had to release him and there'd be clubs all across Europe that'd be lining up to sign him for free and give him a nice big wage packet and just say look the past is the past so we did something similar for with Adrian Mutu when he when when he had his issues with um, illegal substances and we released him straight away. He went on to sign for um, a big club in Europe and like the only ones that were out of pocket for doing the morally right thing was the club. And the club is essentially at the end of the day a business. Mm, mm, mm. Very, very good point. Very good point. Jerry, is there anything you want to add on this topic? Um my initial thoughts when when the story broke was do you know what i thought nothing could surprise me but <laughs> uh, we must be living in a simulation because it's just getting wilder and wilder every month but um i think the reaction the reaction itself didn't surprise me because people are always going to be more vocal about what directly affects them um and I mean, we know the country we live in, we know the world, we know the society we live in. And um, doesn't excuse it, doesn't make it any better. But um, I certainly wasn't, I, I wasn't expecting the, the the reaction to be as, as significant as it was. Um, obviously, it's, no one wants to see that. But um, in, in terms of the, the, the contrast with, with, with the, the racist abuse, um, I think we've we've had many previous examples of disparate um, punishments and reactions by the governing bodies. Um, the the whole sentiment that if if they really wanted to stop racism, if they really wanted to set a precedent, um, set a message, um, create an environment where racism isn't accepted, uh, they would do a lot more. But it's just not really in their best interest to do a lot more. Um, there's almost a, a resistance um, in certain areas of this country to to anti-racist, um, what should we call it, anti-racist slogans, anti-racist movements. And listen, we're, we're, we're aware of the, the world we're living in. Um, uh, and if, if, if you're blind to it, I suggest you, you, you open your eyes. Um, but what, what, what I will say is, that there's a lot of undertones to, to what's going on with, with Kurt Zuma. Um, and obviously it's not as easy as, as letting him go. The player has a contract. Um, there will be clauses in this contract that protect him from situations like this. Um, and I do think it, it taps into the wider conversation about um, how do you reconcile um, as a society, people who make mistakes, um, what is... What, what, what is our tolerance um, for 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 cancel culture and um, how do, are, are we are we as a society able to judge people 
do we have the right to judge them um, and, and enforce um, punishment? Um, for me, listen, there's no defending what he did, but I'm just going to leave it as, listen, I thought nothing could surprise me, but hey, here we are. Yeah, and the two, yeah, and the two UFC and the two UFC champions that are calling him out to fight, they need to grow up. <laughs> wow, wow! I, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that. We will, we'll have to talk. We'll have to talk a full that one. Two UFC champions, literally in a fight, their hands are literally considered lethal weapons, and they're calling out Kurt Zuma. What is going grow on? Up. Here? I told you, we're living in a simulation. Crazy, crazy! And just one final thing before I move on, I just want to say that. As a friendly, friendly reminder, Chris Kirkland brought racism into this, into this problem, into this um, topic. Not us. Like that, literally. That that is that's literally it. And I think everyone needs to be reminded of that because some people seem to think that we're turning this into a racism thing, and we didn't even bring racism into it. It was it was Chris Kirkland. So yeah, but moving on, moving on, moving on. Um, so we had a game yesterday um, in the Club World Cup. Uh, a 1-0 victory over Al Halil, Halil, I think. Yeah, Al Halil, uh, Saudi Arabian team. Um, so Al Halal. Al Halal. Thank you. Thank you. That was very, very bad for me. <laughs> but yes. Um, so yeah, 1-0 win over um, Al Halal. And we are through to the uh, Club World Cup final, which is on Saturday at 4.30. Um, so guys, what was, what, what was your thoughts on the performance? Um, personally, um, I thought I thought we did quite well um, over the course of about 75 minutes. I think they put us under pressure for about 10, 15. But generally, I was quite happy with the performance. I think um, generally we were quite comfortable. Um, we dominated in most areas of the pitch. Um, and I was pretty satisfied. Um, I can't lie. But I, I was pretty satisfied. Um, Timson, um, give me your thoughts on, on, on the game. In fact, start with the lineup. Obviously, we went back to, to a back five. What was your thoughts on that? And then um, how did you think it played out in the performance? Oh, I felt like the decision to go to a back five um, made a lot of sense. This is when the when the man who is our tactician, our leader, um, when he's not there, just go back to the formation and the system that's been drilled into us um, for almost two years now. So I'm very well for over a year now. So I'm, I had no issues with that. Um, the chemistry in terms of the front line was good. It was nice to see Kai and um, Lukaku playing in the same team. I think it's been, we haven't seen that since uh, Kai broke his finger in the Tottenham game. Um, the only thing I, um, the only thing that I have issues with is even though we didn't play well, and we still got the win, which is as people, as pundits like to say, the mark of champions, it's, it still falls into that same Chelsea routine. Chelsea start off so good, they're so dominating, they they make chances, but they don't kind of score more than that one goal. Mm. And all of a sudden, the other team gets back into it, and then more often than not, like we've seen at Brighton, like we've seen in other games, um, mm. we're punished. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, I agree. Um, like you said, we started off brilliantly, um, and we were all over them, really, for, for all of the first half. Obviously, you get to go through Lukaku. And like you said, it's just the thing of our games, they they always tend to peter out towards about the middle of the second half onwards. And then we stop creating chances. The second goal hasn't come. And it's like the other team are starting to put us under pressure. And like you said, it's, it's been the reason why we've dropped points in the Premier League um, this season, both in the autumn um, and towards the Christmas period. And yeah, you're right. It is a recurring pattern of, of our games. Um, Jerry, how, how how did you feel? Did you do you echo what Timpson thinks of the game, or do you have something different, kind of a different opinion on how it went? Um, yeah, mostly. Um, I I think we we did we did start well. Um, we managed to pin them in, and we pretty much dominated um, proceedings. Uh, we had um, sort of Aspie has been a nuisance recently um, with his movement into the box, and my God, Ziyech was hooping. Uh, I've, I don't we'll, ever, we'll come to that. We'll come to uh, that. <laughs> we'll come yeah, to that. Yeah. Um, Kai had a, a, a lot of good moments as well in that first half. Um, uh, Lukaku for the first 20 30 minutes, um, was um, it did well, let's just say it took him a while to grow into the game. Um, but you know, I think uh, the, the control that you see there, uh, well, you saw in the first half, um, that that takes me back to the uh. Uh, the two called the early the, uh, early days of two call, um, and I think uh, 
in terms of performance as a, as, as a whole team, um, it was it was it was a good performance. Um, and in terms of attacking wise, um, I think we were probing, um, trying to find a way through. But it does look at the moment like we are we're struggling to find. Well, at, at the moment, <laughs> for the last six months, we've been struggling to find um, the right decisions in in the final third or that little bit of luck. Um, so going into going into the last 20, 30 minutes, one nil up. Um, usually we have enough for one one or two moments of quality, or we can we can we can uh, force the issue and, and get some luck and get get one nil up. But um, sort of stepping on the, the opponent's neck and making sure they don't get up that that's been our issue. That's been an issue for a while actually, not not just on the two goal, but um, going all the way back to. Uh, Mourinho's second spell, uh, thinking back on the on the Conte when we were strong, uh, we've always been a side that has has been resolute and being prepared to see our games. Um, and it, it seems even on the Tuchel, we've lost that that uh, defensive edge. But in the first half, we limit we limited their opportunities. Um, they, they they literally almost didn't. I think they didn't have a sniff the first half. Um, and um, I just I'm not I'm not really sure what the solution for um, this is. I mean, you could you could argue we could um, put more pressure on, but I, I I don't envision a way we can put more pressure on than we did. Um, change the personnel, we've rotated the personnel around. Um, so I think with Tuchel not being there, um, switching to the back five, I think that that. The mood in the camp was let's just get to the final. Um and listen, job done by the skin of our teeth. Um shout out to, shout out to Kepper as well. Yeah. Um yeah. He's 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 been doing his thing. Um yeah. uh, since since then he's been away, he's been doing his thing and uh two or three very key saves um to keep to keep the score at one nil. Yeah, shout shout out to Kepper for real, because he's he's he looks very, very comfortable in the games. That he's played in, um, I haven't been worried at all, uh, which is which is which is weird saying with Kepa. Um, it seems like his confidence is really back. Um, he made that fantastic save, um, long range from I can't remember who it was that took the shot, and then the one on one was a big save too. And not just in this game, in other games as well in the Premier League, he's looked very comfortable um, in the FA Cup too. Um, we came up with a big penalty save against Plymouth, which we'll probably touch on later on. But um, yeah, I think I think when Jorginho came off, we, we definitely lost control of the game. Um, I think Jorginho is such a good player that when he's when he's missing, you really see it. It's, it's night and day. I don't think Kante really got to grips with the game as quickly um, as as he as he probably should have. Um, I think um, his second half was quite average. Um, and yeah, we really missed Jorginho when he came off. Probably just for, obviously resting him because he only played ninety minutes against Plymouth. Obviously travelled over to Dubai and then you know, so it made sense to take him off. But um, we really did miss him and we and we lacked that control. Um, also, I didn't really like the Mason Mount sub. Um, I got why he made the sub, obviously, to bring some energy um, into the forward line because it looked like ZH and Havertz were, were tiring, quite frankly. Um, and I get why he made the sub, to bring some energy. But um, I don't think it really worked um, in terms of um, there were spaces out there on the break um, for us to explore on that right-hand side. And Mount doesn't quite have the pace or he's not really someone you'd really bank on in a counter attacking situation in terms of like running in behind. Um, so like maybe I think um, Hudson Odoi probably would have been a better sub um, down that side. Um, but yeah, happy with the victory, happy to get to the final. Um, I want that badge because that badge is nothing short of elite and prestigious. So and we need to avenge 2012 because 2012 was quite frankly just nothing short of embarrassing. Um, so yeah, we moved to the final. We moved to the final. Um, let's talk about a couple of individuals. Hakim Ziyech. So a guy we've spoken about a lot on this pod. Uh joined Chelsea for 37 million pounds, if I'm if I'm correct. Um, and we 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 all saw what he did at Ajax. And I think there was a lot of excitement around most Chelsea fans, um, probably except Dan, um, because I think we all knew that. That Hakim Ziyech was a uh, he was an he was an he was a wizard and he was kind of this enigma that kind of just does what he wants type thing, but in a good way. Um, hasn't quite worked out first. Um, well, well, what eighteen months? In? No, well, two. Well, no, eighteen months in. Yeah, eighteen months in hasn't quite worked out 
in terms of him finding consistency in his performances under Lampard and Tuchel. But um, since the start of 2022, he seems to have been enjoying um, quite a purple patch. Um, so what, what what's everyone's thoughts? Do we think, is this something that we can kind of look into? Is this something that we can um, get excited about? Because he, he really has been putting in some really good performances. And this is the ZH that we thought we were getting. Um, so, Timson, I'm going to ask you, is this something we can kind of get excited about or how are you feeling about it? I'm going to keep a level head as I try to do in most instances regarding Chelsea. So with Hakim Ziyech, when he was first, he had two issues, in my opinion. The first issue was the system. So Hakim Ziyech is, um, he's not a typical winger in the sense that he does not stretch teams or uh, regularly stretch teams vertically. He stretches teams horizontally by getting chalk on his boots, staying touchline, staying very, very wide, receiving the ball um, so wide that he has uh, time and space to do what he does with his passing and then drift inside with space to run into um, and commit defenders um, whether and and then obviously move accordingly, whether that's a shot or a pass, um, as he likes to do. That crossfield pass uh, was one of the things that got me excited about him. But it's been very much um, hitting hope more more often than not since he's been at Chelsea. He came in under Frank Lampard as a key as a crucial member of um, Frank's four three three, pretty much the guaranteed starter at right wing if he was fit. Um, then he moves to this system. Uh, Tuchel system where he starts in he starts where he likes to end up essentially um, and then obviously with Tuchel's rotation because uh, even to this day we still don't know what our best front three is he's um, he doesn't have that uh, opportunity to get into a rhythm or um, and definitely not build a sense of confidence um, considering that he's in and out of the squad so now he's finally kind of got a run of games in a, in a preferred system um, even though we did shift back to that 4-3-3, but he was able to start nominally wide. Um, and in addition to that, um, that, that, that wide starting position, he's got that confidence behind him after really good performances um, and a couple of goals to his name. So um, he's kind of got past the two major concerns that he had, in my opinion. Um, so now we can kind of look and see this is this is Hakim Ziyech starting to feel comfortable in his current surroundings because I don't think he's felt comfortable since joining, um, especially and definitely not since Tuchel joined uh, as manager. So we're starting to see a settled Hakim in a Thomas Tuchel system, which is um, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, if 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 I can continue on from what yes. Jason said, sorry for this, my my mic went funny. Yeah, Jerry, go on. Um, chime yeah. in on that. Um, so with, with me, I've been critical of uh, Ziek in the past. Um, I think what we saw from or what we're seeing from him is he's still putting out volume, but it's a lot more considered. So you're seeing him receive the ball um, and have interchanges with. Um, either Kante or Aspilicueta on that side and he's able to come in um, uh, on the edge of the box and get in, get onto his favourite left foot um, he's being a bit more a lot more considered about when to release the ball um, he's running on the ball a lot more than than, than before he's running at the full back um, and I think what the, th- the issue for me with, with Ziyech is um, listen I, I, a lot of his problems have been probably to do with confidence. Um, you say he's not felt settled, but um, for me, I think the way he was playing um, at his worst, um, I think as a professional, maybe this is his first time uh, suffering a loss of form. So maybe he he hasn't known how to deal with it. Um, and he was in an attack that wasn't really firing enough to cover up for, for, for his issues. But I think, um, as a professional of, of his experience, you, you'd hope that maybe he could figure out a way to to to, to you know get back to the basics. Um, when you're when you're struggling with, with form and confidence, maybe maybe not try across every single time, but 
it looks like he's he's, he's come back to confidence. Uh, we've seen these these uh, patches of form from him before, um, and every single time they've been interrupted by injury. Um, so hopefully he can stay fit um, and keep producing this form. I think um, when on the well, when he's playing like this, um, he's a constant threat for the fullback. Um, he keeps the keeper honest. Um, and, you know, the, the, the strikes that he was getting off um, uh, against Al-Hilal, um, there, there, was, there was one which was fantastic. I think, I think it was, was it Aspie or someone? Um, the volley. Had, yeah, it was, oh, it was when yeah. Kante, I think it was when Kante um, absolutely murks that, that, that player and, and the ball got flicked back to Ziyech and he caught it so sweetly on the volley. Um, yeah. And for me, like, I don't think we're asking for too much as Chelsea fans, are we? Like, take on your man, be a threat. Um, and he's he's producing right now um, and he's been producing for the past couple of weeks. So long may it continue. And I think I, I, think I asked in the group chat a, a while ago, um, like, do do you guys think Ziyech can get it back? And for me, out of all the forwards, um, I'd say he, well, on current viewing, it looks like he can be the one to, to or he's playing his way into the plans for next season. Um, I'm expecting a shake-up of the forward line. Maybe not as drastic as three or four guys leaving, but um, I think if he plays, if he carries on playing like this, I think that, that right spot is his. Um, and he's, he's he's carried this form across formations. So um, in in the five, I think Aspilicueta is a big help to him um, because his runs and his movement um, gives you like an option. So there's a few times. There was, I think there was one time where um, Aspi made the run in behind the the, the, the defenders and he played that ball. Um, and I think he did it a few times of Mount. So obviously the, the movement of the other forwards is, is, is important to him, um, gives him the, the extra option and just the confidence he's got in taking on his man. Um, he's, he's showing post moves that I, I never knew he had. Yeah. So. Yeah. If I, if I, if I just come in there, I think that's my thing for me. I think because before all we were seeing was him just literally just get the ball, cut on his left hip, foot, foot and cross. Or try like a yeah, whip in the box or try like a really like difficult pass and it probably wouldn't turn out. But now he's actually starting to take on his man, he's starting to dribble, he's starting to carry the ball um whilst dribbling, and it's like, okay, cool, this is what we need. Um, it's all well and good you trying those Hollywood passes and the Hollywood shots, um, the Hollywood crosses, but we actually need as a wide man for you to you know dribble and actually beat a man um and get into dangerous positions. We haven't seen that from him for the best part of a year. So Seeing that um, last over the past month or so, you're like, wow, okay, cool. This is really good. And we knew you could do this. Just keep doing it more often. And if you do it more often, we've seen that you can beat men. We've seen that you've got some trickery about you. If you do that more often um, and you're getting into good positions, maybe we might accept the odd um, Hollywood ball that doesn't come off or the cross that that goes out of play. We might accept it. We might be more tolerable to it because you're doing other things, whereas before you wasn't doing other things. So um, I think that's my take on it. But yeah. Long may it continue, indeed. Um, I want to talk about Lukaku. Lukaku, obviously, yesterday scored the winning goal. Um, a goal created by, well, Havertz crossed it into the box and then kind of ricocheted down. Lukaku um, pounces and scores. Um, what was it? What, what, did you, what did you guys think of Lukaku's performance? I mean, for me, um, I thought he had a very... Oh, a very mixed game for me. I don't think he was bad, but I think he was literally just above average. I don't think he was amazing. Um, he had some good moments, had some bad moments. Um, I think in the first half in particular, I think there was one chance where Kovacic um, took the ball up to him and um, he backs into the defender and he kind of like uses his body to kind of bully him and he gets a shot away with his left foot and the keeper saves it. And I was like, yes, that's, that's really, that's what we want to see of you um, in terms of you being able to control the ball, use your body correctly. And then, get a shot away and it's just what we just haven't been seeing it from Lukaku um for me I think he's still lacking a little bit of confidence in terms of um shooting on site um there's a couple of times where he goes through in the right in the right channel he's one-on-one and um or the ball might just fall to him instead of him to instinctively shoot he kind of he's still thinking twice about it um and I think that's just a lack of confidence that's that's kind of there lingering over him um due to you know the goal droughts he's been on, uh, maybe certain things off the pitch. 
Um, so yeah, still 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 lacking a bit of confidence there in front of the goal. But I think overall he had a very mixed game. Um, but it's good that he scored the winner. Hopefully he can give some confidence to go on a little bit of a run now. Um so like so Timson, where do you stand on Lukaku right now? Um obviously we are where we are in terms of what he's produced so far and what's happening off the pitch. Um so for the rest of the season, how do you kind of expect him to kind of contribute to the team? Mm. All right. Uh, firstly, um, I'll make it known if it wasn't, I was one of them uh, people who preferred a Haaland, but um, Lukaku is here now. He's our player, so we have to do what we can um, to support him and um, trust that Thomas Tuchel can get the best out of him. Now, what he's going to have to learn how to do now is um, come to terms with if he's lucky, he'll get the balls that he was getting in Italy in terms of those through balls that he can run onto um, if he's um, through the middle where he has a chance to kind of cut inside, get a shot off um, because teams in the Premier League just don't give you that space. Burnley, Newcastle, um, they're never going to allow that, that level of space in behind for those kind of balls. So Lukaku is going to be playing a lot, spending a lot of his time with his back to goal linking up play. Um, before the ball gets pushed out wide and he needs to be alert and get in positions. And when chances do come, um, because we don't create a lot, we need him to be more more clinical than he has been. Um, I think a lot of it is due to, part is partly due to confidence. Um, as someone who plays as a strength forward, obviously at a much, 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 much lower level, um, when things are coming off for you like they were in the first couple of games. He had a very low XG, but because when you're hot, you're hot. And he was scoring goals for fun. At, um, the Aston Villa game where he scored two goals, he he had he barely touched the ball. So a lack of touches for me, um, like they mentioned 31 touches in the Plymouth Argyle game. Um, it doesn't mean anything to a striker because it doesn't it doesn't doesn't take 31 touches to score a goal. Um, so ultimately just to round off, um we need to see more. Uh, we, we just need to see, he, need, he needs to grow in his role and um, show that he can add value to this team um, outside of scoring goals. Because right now it's not really coming off for him right now. So he needs to show he can be that focal point to relieve pressure from a high press. He can link up play um, for other players. Um, and there's just, just the other elements that a striker is meant to do outside of scoring because um, that's the, and obviously he needs to work hard as well. Because if he's being dropped for tactical reasons, like he can't press um, and he's not scoring, it's an issue for me, especially given the money that we signed for him, um, signed him for. So um, with Lukaku, I still think there's definitely, um, it's very, very early to write him off. But um, at the same time, he needs to, I'd like to see um, a greater effort in him. Um, But a lot of that stems from confidence and he needs to get that back as quickly as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Confidence is a, is a massive, massive thing for strikers. And you can, and like I said, you can see it's still kind of lacking in him. But I agree. I agree. I think outside of scoring, he needs to show a lot more. I think this is a nice segue into the Plymouth game, but um, particularly in the Plymouth game, he was, he was so static. Like in, in terms of his movement in the box, when we had the ball in like situations like um, out wide or in and around, he's just very, he was very static for me. Um and he, I think he, he really, he really loves. Obviously, we all know he likes to pin these defenders and roll them. But sometimes you need to switch up, and sometimes you need to move a little bit more. You need to be less, less flat-footed, and anticipate a little bit more. And another thing he needs to do is sort his feet out as well. Um, I think there was a chance in the Club World Cup game where the ball came across, and he tried to. I think he completely missed the ball with his right foot. And um, the Tottenham game as well, when chances were coming to him, and he was kind of just snatching a little bit. Um, yeah, just kind of just add a bit more composure to 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 his finishing um, in terms of when the ball drops to him, um, a little bit more composure instead of like slashing at chances and kind of snatching at them. I think you kind of do that when you're when you're kind of desperate to score. Um, but yeah, like you said, confidence is a massive, massive thing. Hopefully, you can get some confidence from scoring yesterday. Hopefully, you can score on Sunday again, which will give him even more confidence going back into the league um, and the League Cup final. And we'll see from there. But um, ultimately, um, yeah, we'll just have to see. <laughs> second game, second half of the season, we've got big games. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see what you can produce. Um, but yeah, as we were touching on the Plymouth game, let's, let's, let's roll into that quickly. Um, obviously, we had a game on 
we played them on Saturday lunchtime. Um, Jerry, I'm gonna come to you on this one. Um, obviously, the game wasn't 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 great. Um, I, I, I do I feel I feel like a lot of people kind of overshadowed a little bit though because I feel like first half we played really well personally. Um, obviously we hit the crossbar three times. I know second half we that kind of changed and Plymouth came into it and we didn't play too great. But I think first half we were particularly quite good. Um, yeah, how how did you how did you find um, the Plymouth game um, overall? Um, I mean, I, I don't mean to sound harsh, but playing well against Plymouth is it should be sort of the the the, the basis on which you on which you build in, in, the, in the cup tie against lower league uh, opposition. Obviously, they're going to come with the passion. Uh, that's the passion with a uh, with a U. Um, so uh, they're going to be they're going to prepare for this game. So in terms of uh, playing against lower league opposition, you can't just turn up and go through the motions. So um, like like this one, um, as as is typical for Chelsea, we we, we controlled um, periods of the game. I think we created a lot. We created a lot of opportunities. We managed to pull their defense um, apart. And I think um, one thing with 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 coming back from I think it, it was two weeks off, but it was a week off and a week in training. Um, one thing that's that's really evident is as much as that that, that time is is good to re re-energize the squad and give them a, a chance a chance to rest physically and mentally. Um, what you do lose is the rhythm, um, and I'm I'm gonna come back to that word rhythm. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm gonna come back to Lukaku with that that word rhythm um, in both the Plymouth game and the Al Hilal game. Um, I think when I watch when I watch Lukaku, for me, it's it's not particularly confidence uh, or lack of confidence that I see. It's, I mean, that is definitely a factor. But I just he just doesn't seem like he has the the, the rhythm. Um, and anyone will know, like if you if you go play five side after not playing for a while, like your touch isn't quite there. You're not quite uh, confident with the ball at your feet. Um, I think I think that's that's maybe what he's struggling with. Um, and that, that's what the whole, the whole squad really seemed to be struggling with. Um, we did create, I think it was 41 shots, um, which is frankly ridiculous. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't good. know. If, I don't know if there's ever been a higher, a higher amount of shots. Um, it's like 18 corners as well. Something like yeah, that. Um, so for me, uh, of those 41 shots, I think we only had 10 or 11 on target. Um, and to be honest with you, those three that hit the post um, or, or the crossbar, um, it's not like they were like a one-on-one and it, we hit the post. Uh, they, were, they were like snapshots, um, chances. And I think it just speaks to a squad that isn't very um, ruthless. Um, and unfortunately, that's I think that's just us at the moment. Um, yeah, I agree. I think in terms of, in terms of, the, the, the way we played, um, I think Ziek again played well. Um, it was, I think, it was a tough, a tough um, afternoon for Hudson Odoi. Um, I think when the ball was coming into the box, I think he was told a couple of times. I think I saw Aspie or something. I think maybe it was Aspie or Lukaku, or it might have been Jorginho actually, um, telling him to to get in the box because um, he he seemed to be a bit. Um, he wasn't on his toes um, getting in the box. And uh, shortly after that, I think he got that, that header that hit the crossbar. Um, but for me, you know, it was just, it was, it, it was disappointing. Um, not because I expected us to turn over Plymouth um, five or six goals to nil. It was just, we, I think we gave them a bit too much Um in that game um and obviously going going into the the extra time i think that was that was honestly the last thing you need after coming back from a, a long break mm-hmm. um yeah. and they they the, the defending for the the goal that we conceded um i think it, that was that was quite shocking um to concede a goal like that um and honestly uh, I don't think you can you can look into this game as 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 a marker for how we're, we're going to perform going on. Um, but it is it is uh, typical Chelsea. We control the game. 
um, create a future, create chances, and then we 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 leave the team in the game. We don't kill them off. Um, and you can probably copy and paste that for eighty nine percent of oh, our games this I love season. Our games. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think uh, I think uh, we're 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 just happy to be through to the next round. Um, at some point, we're gonna have to start playing well. Um, like at some point, we're gonna have to. Yeah. I mean, we're we're in what four competitions um, currently. Yeah. And I'll just finish off with saying I think uh, this investment that we're making in Lukaku, I think he's had nine starts in a row um, at the moment, and he's he's um, most of the time he's playing full nineties. Um, I think we're trying to get him that rhythm. Um, and whilst I, I do agree that listen, going into back in that season, back in the season, we do need a firing forward. I think we just have to be careful that we're not putting all our eggs into the Lukaku basket. Um, I agree. So I agree. Maybe yeah, maybe it's time Habert starts getting some minutes and we start um, diversifying, <laughs> diversifying our stocks, shall I say? Quickly, you said you said we have to start playing well at some point. So over so over the past, we haven't played in the Premier League since the twenty third of January against Tottenham Hotspur. Um, so Tottenham over the past month or so. How how so? Would you say we've had all bad performances? Because I know Tottenham. Tottenham we played really well. I think I think we dominate Tottenham and probably deserve the victory. Um, and then after that, we played the FA Cup, right? So that was this weekend against Plymouth, right? Um, and like I said, I don't think the Plymouth performance was was completely. I think you've got to be careful with FA Cup ties. I think the opposition are always going to be up for it. Yes, you're infinitely better than them. Yes, you deserve to dom- You should dominate, which we did. Um, for me, and I think the stats backed up. I think we had 41 shots to 11, um, 72 percent possession, um, 769 passes to death, 300, and um, yeah, overall, like we, I think we actually really dominated them. I don't think we gave them as much as what people think. I think the penalty kind of, um, kind of painted a false image over that a little bit. I know they came into the game second half, don't get me wrong, um. But I think largely we were we 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 were the better team by quite some distance, but we just didn't put them away. And because it's Plymouth, it looks bad. And because they had a penalty, it looks bad. And because they scored as well, um, they scored first, so it looks kind of bad. But yeah, like you said, I I, I wouldn't look too much into it. But yeah, I, I guess our form has been up and down over the past month. Some good performances, some bad ones. Been pretty inconsistent. Obviously, players have been away and whatnot, and we've played in different competitions. So I don't know. Hopefully, after the Club World Cup. Um, we can get back to domestic ball and be a bit more consistent. Obviously, you've got the League Cup final coming up. Um, and then, yeah, so that kind of leads as a nice segue into, um, into my next question in terms of our expectations for the second half of the season. So, obviously, um, title's gone. I think we can all agree. Um, we're, in, we're in a pretty weird position whereby some people may say we're in a top four race, but Really and truthfully, I think the vast majority, I don't think anybody really believes we're going to fall out of the top four um, come the end of the season. Um, and we're obviously not going to win the league. So it's, it's a bit of a weird one right now. Um, so what, what, what is, Simpson, what, what, what should we be aiming for um, in this last, what, 16 games left maybe or something like that? This last, this second half of the season. Um, so you've played 24 now. Yeah, so 14 league games left. In the next 14 league games, obviously you've got the League Cup final, you've got Champions League. How what should we be aiming for and what would be a realistic kind of um, objective by the end of the season? Um in the Premier League or just um throughout the rest it's generally all competitions. So all right, cool. So um in the Premier League, I would like to finish comfortably third at a bare minimum. Um ideally we push or f- we push Liverpool or kind of take second from them, but um, they've got a bit, they, they, they've got some momentum on us as well. That's where I'd like to finish kind of like um, from a positional standpoint. Um, in terms of performance standpoint, I would like to kind of um, figure out how to get the attack going um, to build the foundations for next season when personnel come out, players come in and um we can and there's um I what I think come becomes an inevitable reshuffle in the um in the Champions League. I can't say anything other than I want to do everything we can to retain our to retain the crown. Um League Cup, definitely want to win that. Um definitely want to win that. Um 
but not as much as the FA Cup, to be honest, because um, I don't know if I'm the only Chelsea fan feeling it, but to get to the final and lose two years running, um, it, this year has to be our year. Um, it's honestly, yeah, we have yeah. to. But nobody nobody seems to be feeling it that way. But um, ultimately, yeah, I think I agree. those are the kind of... Um, those are kind of uh, how I see it in each of the individual competitions that we're in. Uh, obviously, win the Club World Cup. And then if we can find a way to um, get the attack firing um, and maybe potentially get a permanent shift to this 4-3-3 uh, system or back four system um, to just kind of figure out what's going on with our attack and connect it to the rest of the team. Because um, whilst Hakim ZX having um, a nice uh, rena renaissance, He's definitely not playing with uh, confidence, uh, not the same confidence he came to England with. This was a man who obviously came with that nickname, the Wizard of Amsterdam. Um, what was it? Ajax player of the season three years in a row. This is a man who's filled with confidence. This was like prime Eden Hazard leaving Chelsea to go to Real Madrid. That's how high, sky high his confidence was. Um, and even though he's playing really well at the moment, it's not the same. Callum Hudson-Odoi, um, it, he for, for me, his symptoms are a bit deeper because he's had kind of multiple managers give him different instructions um, and kind of give him different criticisms for um, several years now. Um, all you need to do is look back at the um, YouTube highlights of him against Arsenal and just not even um, how dangerous he was, just the swagger that he played with. That's definitely gone because now he's at a point where you know, his manager needs to tell him to run at players. So um, I've also, I have heard that uh, with the attackers, they don't feel as free within Tuchel's system. So it might be a case of Tuchel kind of, um, kind of rethinking, the, rethinking the system just to give um, his players a bit more tactical freedom in the final third, because at the moment um, it's feeling very, it, it might be, they, they might feel constrained because his systems are very rigid um, in the sense that when it comes to the attacking sense, um, because he's kind of prioritising defensive solidarity, uh, solidity over our kind of um, creative fluidity at this point in time. Um, and obviously, um, in inconsistency in regards to the attacking front three. Yeah, I agree. I think I agree particularly with the point about laying the foundations for next season in terms of, I think, making a permanent switch to the, to the four um, that Tuchel's been playing over the past um, couple of months or so. Um, and really like laying down those foundations. Um, like I said, we're in a we're in a we're in a decent position right now in terms of the league. Um, I think I say I probably say six more wins in the next eight games. Um, bearing in mind that um, the other teams behind us are are are, are um, prone to slip up, as we've seen this week. I think that should probably see us kind of. Um, into the top four, maybe not math, maybe not mathematically, but theoretically. Um, so, and bearing in mind we've got a nice run in, so we should, we should, we should get that over the line as soon as possible. Um, but yeah, I, I, I want to equal to kind of continue with the four and just lay those foundations, um, make that, make the permanent switch, and then give us something to kind of look forward to next season in terms of um, the system, in terms of how um, we're going to play going forward away from the back five, um, because it's definitely. I think whilst I said on the main pod a few times that I didn't feel like switching to a back four would make us automatically um, score more or like make us more ruthless, um, I do recognise that it's probably a much better fit for these players in terms of um, it allows, um, it, it just allows, it, 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 it makes the attack less crowded in terms of a Mason Mount can drop back into midfield, um, you know, and that leaves... Us, that allows us to play with two conventional ringers who kind of complement each other really well. Um, and obviously, um, we have more bodies in the midfield, which means one less man in defence and we can kind of build a bit better and a bit quicker. So, yeah, I, I, that's one thing I'd really like to see. And then obviously, um, we love a good cup run. We, we love a good cup run. So that, that, that would be it for me. Um, I think if I, if I just... Uh, just yep, sure. Just a, bit, just a bit on what you said there. Uh, for me... Um, I, I'm not, I'm not too fussed about a permanent shift one way or the other. I think I want us to stay flexible as a, as a team. Um, I want us to have uh, a few formations that we're confident with. Um, I think there were times under Tuchel last, last season where we'd, 
we beat, we start with three at the back, we'd be struggling in game and we moved to a four and it just looked like we've lost all rhythm, just forgotten how to play football. Um, so I, de- I definitely want us to be confident as a team of playing both formations. What, what I think I want from Tuchel is I want him to learn from the issues we've had this season, um, in particular with the back three. Um, the system is rig- rigid for the attackers, yes, but, um, but that's because it's geared towards getting opportunities for the, the wing backs. So I want him to, to, to be aware that if, listen, if we're playing with uh, Reese James and, and, and Chilwell, we can have great success with, with the three at the back uh, formation. Um, and with some refinements, th- there's, there's no reason why our attackers couldn't be eaten as well from that formation. But um, also to be aware that um, creating a system that creates space for the fullbacks um, doesn't work so well if we have uh, Alonso and Aspi at fullback. So maybe um, we have that flexibility where if Chilwell and Reece James are out, then we go to a four. Um, if we sign some wingers that um, can be a threat or, or need um, need to come from out to in, then maybe playing the four works. Um, I just want I want us to have that that flexibility. Um, just one or two formations where we 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 have a plan A, we have a plan B, um, and and for me, I think it, it all depends on 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 our business this summer, um, how we construct the squad going forward, and I think. This summer is definitely a key summer. Um, so that, I just want to add, add, add that on. Um, I definitely think, I, I, listen, I don't want to abandon the, the, the three at the back completely. It's, it's worked very well for, for us. Um, those um, high quality Champions League games, we need um, that extra defensive solidity while also being able to attack freely. Um, it's definitely served us very well. Um, I think what, what we've needed more so this season is a way to, to, to grind out um, results against the, the low blocks and and those those games where we dominate but we can't finish off with chances. So for, for me, that that's what I'd like to see anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think you make a good point. I think it's good to be flexible um, with both systems, um, and yeah, not be too extreme on one side or the other. So I think I think that's a very good point. Um, um, I'm gonna, can I, can I, I'm gonna like um, somewhat disagree. Yeah, I still, go ahead. Uh, while, while I'm definitely like subscribing to that FM, having that um, probably one A one B type um, view of formations because I feel like there will be opportunities to play a four three three into uh, and a back three system. So to play it seamlessly, um, being able to play two systems, two different systems seamlessly, um, is a massive benefit. I think um, our team and a lot of the players that um, will probably come into the squad who are away elsewhere, I'm talking about potentially your Moussa Dembele's, your Conor Gallagher's, um, and even getting the best out of players in the current uh, squad, like your Hakim ZX, Hudson-Odoi's, Pulisic's, um, and even your Mason Mounts. Um, I think having a, a three-man midfield in whatever form that takes most weeks um, will probably benefit will probably benefit most of the squad and give us um, more tactical diversity when we're trying to break down these teams that um, sit back and most weeks let's be honest um, we'll be playing against teams where we have the lion's share of possession um, and we don't need to be compact and rigid so that third man, that third defender at times is kind of overkill, like um, the commentator suggested against Al Hilal, but it did come in handy over again during one or two of their counterattacks. So uh, just something to keep in mind. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but I think sometimes also we forget how much we were we were killing teams with that, with that three at the back um, and with Jorginho and Kovacic, especially in the first 10, 10 12 games of Tuchel's reign, um, they, they were fantastic in there. Um, Jerry, yeah. who was the team that we actually killed in terms of, like, we dominated possession, we scored a lot of goals? Who who have we killed? I think in terms of scoring a lot of goals, listen, that's that's not going to be us, really, is it? Um, and if I told you it, the system... If I, told you this, if I told you the system is is looking, could be the primary reason why... Um, oh, Timson, I think you can talk about system, but for me, when you get a chance in front of goal and you miss it, I think the system doesn't really. You can't. You can't blame the system there. 
Um, and listen, even on the Lampard when we were playing 4-3-3 and there were games where we just create chance after chance after chance. um, It's not, it's not um, really the system's fault. Um, It wasn't the system's fault then. I think it's just the personnel that we have. Um, And I remember one game that sticks out to me is the the two legs against Real Madrid um, where we made them look like a, a, um, a mid-table Spanish team um, and I think that the, the issue for me there wasn't that we looked defensive um, or that we we struggled to create chances um, the, the issue was just that we struggled to put them away um, and I think in in for me like like I said before those those high quality games um, where you need to give a little because you're playing against better opposition um, make no mistake the chances that Al Halal had the chances that Porto had um, against a Liverpool, a City, a Real Madrid, they finish us. Um, and with this squad, one thing, one thing that's clear to me is if we go two, three goals behind, you might as well might as well walk in. You might as well walk into the changing room because there's no way we're scoring two, three goals um, to to get it back. So for me, it's just keeping that in the keeping that that three at the back in the pocket, um, in, in our back pocket. And and I've always thought that unless you're Plan A is uh, ruthlessly effective, um, unless it, it it works against everyone. I, I think it's da- I think it's a little bit dangerous to to go into a season and think, okay, we're going to play four three three every single game, and, and this is how this is our this is our philosophy. I think you've got there's, there's got to be some give and take, and there's got to be some flexibility. So that that that's what I was trying to I was trying to intimate. And um, I think obviously, if you're saying that the three at the back. Um, in, in the same fashion, the three at the back in every game is the right is the right move. I'd say no, that, that that's incorrect. Also, um, so that that that's just what I was trying to get across. That um, in in the Premier League, nine nine times out of ten, we're going to be playing against low blocks. We're going to need um, we're going to need movement rotations in the front three. We're going to need um, that extra man in attack. Um, so, listen, against this team, it, it doesn't even have to be a change of formation. We've seen Tuchel. Um, in these low block games, have that wing back, where when we defend, we're going to a back five. When we when we when we have the ball, when we attack, that winger who's deputising the wing back role joins the attack. Um, it doesn't have to be as black as white, black and white as playing uh, one formation or the other. It's just, um, I think my 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 takeaway from this is for for next season, I want to see that two goals find the way where we can consistently break these sides down and create high quality chances or higher quality chances. Cause um, listen, we can create chances all we want, but I think the, the players that we have, the person that we have, the, the, the stark reality is these guys need higher, high quality chances to put them away. Uh, I don't think they can function on the, the half chances that we get. Um, I just don't think we have the ruthlessness to, to finish this, those off because um, when I watch teams like, like city, like Bayern, um, a lot of chances that we call half chances, they seem to have no trouble putting away. But that, that's what happens when you have top top quality attackers. So I think maybe he needs to adjust um, for that. I, I, I want to see some, um, yeah, like I said, a consistent way of, 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 of breaking these teams apart. Yeah, I can see that. Pers- I, I can see that point of view. Um Although I would probably look at Liverpool um, and say I would probably prefer, because I don't think there's a right or wrong answer in this scenario, I would prefer a system that is refined, um, tried and tested and refined to be tactically adaptable. Um, obviously, 4 3 3 is a starting position, but you've played against so many different formations, different tactical setups, and different um, opposition who've tried to exploit gaps in your in your one system. That you're um, so you you start off as a four three three, but you're ever so fluid to adapt to the changes that the opposition bring to you. In comparison to having that um, a completely different system that plays one way and the um, and the second system that plays another way, so I think um, we've we've, def- we've definitely seen Klopp make some adjustments um, from the ultra high intensity um, in, in his first season where they ran City close to 
maybe being a bit more conservative. Um, what what I what I definitely will pick out from last season is when uh, with their finely tuned system, when they lost their centre backs, um, the way they play just it just it just fell to pieces because um, with with the high line. Um, when they brought those centre backs into deputise, um, they just couldn't they couldn't sustain their way of playing, um, and they've been they've actually been really lucky not to have Trent or um, Robertson both out for a long period of time, um, so they haven't had to make major adjustments. But um, that's kind of what I like. Sit was look at us this season. We we set our st- set our stock on the three at the back. Um, both our wing backs got injured and we fell away in the title race. I just want to avoid that situation happen, happening again. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, I think we all want to avoid that. Um, <clears throat> my view is um, maybe we put more emphasis in a system that kind of puts more emphasis on the attackers, uh, less so than the wingers, the wing backs to create um, wider chances for us. But um, yeah, nobody, because uh, nobody wants to go back to um, the system, find ourselves in a, in a system that, um, in a con- situation that we're in now with um, the drop-off from whoever is our first choice fullbacks or for- first first choice in any position. And the drop-off is so, is so bad, it's so big in comparison to the, to the backup that um, it, we're almost like in a perilous position, position um, as a result of the, 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 the sparse, the huge difference in quality. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So should we move on to um, the next part in terms of, um, should we, um, thoughts on kind of, um, thoughts on um, potential for the summer? Um, bit premature, but I wanted to talk about that real quick. Um, I, haven't, I haven't heard much. I mean, there's a, the, the links that we've had, long-time links of Kunde. Um, there's, a, there's a lot, our squad's a lot in flux. I don't know if you've heard anything or have any preferences for the, the summer. Yeah, um, I have an idea of who I would love to leave. Um, first and foremost, Timo Werner. Uh, obviously, we've talked about the back three system. We've talked about the a four three three system. I don't think Timo has a spot in any of those systems. Uh, definitely, definitely not in England. Um, he's not going to be. He's he's nobody centre forward in, in English Premier League. He's not consistent enough, and he doesn't um, and he doesn't do anything outside of chasing through balls in space that just doesn't exist in England for me. And then when Frank tried to play him as a left winger, um, we got killed against Arsenal because he didn't track back and do the defensive work because he's not used to he's not used to it. So he's a very very niche player that doesn't give you a lot, even coming off the bench when legs are tired. So he's someone that he's he's definitely someone that I just think he's got to go. Thoughts, Jerry? Um, I agree with 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 the with the Werner uh, having to go, I think out of all the attacking players, it, it, it looks clearest that he, he will go. I, I just, in terms of doing what Ziek has kind of done, um, playing himself back into the plans for next season, I just, uh, I I think he's just too far, too far out of form. Um, and it looks like Tuchel doesn't, doesn't trust him anymore. Um and definitely with the reports coming out about the forward players being happy and looking for moves in the summer, I think he's definitely, um, he would definitely be up there. So I think for his career, um, I think he'll look, he'll look for a move. Um, Pulisic is another one. Um, he's at a crossroads. Um, I think maximum, maximum he has one more season at Chelsea um, where if he doesn't um, manage to get himself um, into, into the starting lineup, then we might see him leave as well. Um, so th- th- that's already two attackers um, that are that are good, well, set to leave. Um, we've heard that Rudiger is back in negotiations with the club, but still no contract agreed. Um, Christensen and Aspilicueta look like they're probably leaving. Um, 
So we'll see what the club do in, in those positions. Um, in terms of the midfield, there's been no sign of loss to cheek for the past couple past couple weeks. I don't know whether that's injury or COVID. Um, but we've got Gilmore coming back. Uh, we've got Gallagher coming back. Um, so I don't know if there'll be too much coming in the midfield, but um, we... I'm just, I, there's so much going on in the, the team is in, in, in such flux. There's so much going on. I don't honestly, I don't know how the club sort through this. Um, I'm, 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 I'm waiting with bated breath to see what happens in the summer. Um, and for me, we haven't even gone on to, to, to Lukaku. It looks like the club has committed to him. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see how, how we get rid or anything like that personally. I think yeah. we're stuck. Well, uh, well, we've got, we've got. <laughs> even let, let's say we were to to get rid of Lukaku, um, do we do we have a, a, a an alternative in mind? Are we are we going to bring uh, Armando back? Are we going to trust him um, based on his efforts at Southampton? Um, or I think if if you have Havertz and Lukaku there as your false nine and um as, as you're, you're two strikers essentially um does he want to come in and play second fiddle to, to to those guys i mean we already have players currently here who are on far more money than broja and have done more in a chelsea shirt that are unhappy at the the, the one rule for them and what overall for lukaku um and i think obviously the, the, the club have been on this road before with uh torres um, with Morata, um, tend, we we tend to stick to our big money striker signings and try and make them work um, because business wise, it's an investment. Um, and the, with the way the COVID market is going, unless PSG come in, um, I don't really see him going anywhere else. Yeah. Listen, things can change in football very quickly. I think I think I think the best thing to do if if let's say it doesn't work out like towards the end of the season, I think for next season the best thing to do is just surround them with goals from wide positions. If we can get goal scores in wide positions, um that will kind of um mask over the problem if you like. And then obviously we need to we need big outgoings and I just want a bit of a smaller squad, um, especially in terms of the attacking areas. But um gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Um, sorry, I had some technical difficulties, so I was a bit quiet for a little bit. But Timson, Jerry, it's been great listening to you guys go back and forth with some great points today. Um, thank you guys for coming on. Thank you guys for listening and tuning in. Um, be sure to interact and let us know what you think um, of any of the points you've so far. And yeah, we'll be back next week with another episode. But yeah, peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.